countdown. <laughs> if you're in the world of B2B, chances are, whether you know it or not, you've probably read something that Brooklyn Nash has written. He went fully freelance, but before that, he was a content writer at Wizza and the head of content at Sales Hacker and the manager of community content at Outreach. We did just record this and found out that he freelanced before all of that as well. So he really was just like going back to the freelance world. But we love him. He's obviously in the same circles as we are. And not only, like I said, like he's not just a friend of ours. He's a friend of the pod and just like always been a good homie of ours. So it was about time we had him on. Yeah, I feel like he just like went in-house for science. Which Literally, I it, was an ex- it was a science experiment and it worked Literally. out for him. <laughs> Now he's like, cool, I get it. Not for me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But Brooklyn keeps shit real. He doesn't beat around the bush when it comes to helping out his fellow freelancers, advocating for yourself as a freelancer, how he manages his work-life balance. Like he took all of December off to reset for the new year and we were so here for it. We were like, literally don't contact us for a month. Like we'll chat (laughs) in the new year. Please enjoy yourself. So why not do a pod on our first day back? It's Jan 3rd. Now when you're listening to this, it's a week later, but like, welcome back. Happy 2022. We are pumped to talk to Brooklyn about how to quit your job, maybe, if you're into that sort of thing, uh, make a bunch of money as a freelancer and just vibe. So enjoy. Reality TV helps me know that I'm not as dumb as I think I am. Yeah, exactly. That's a good reason to watch reality TV. I know. I'm like, I don't think I'd ever be allowed on reality TV because I I am a critical thinker. And you I'm have a smart. real job. <laughs> that too. Can't do it. You could do Survivor, Sarah. I could. I wouldn't want my head. See, the one thing that stops me from that is... I would be very, very focused on my hair. Um. <laughs> As you should be. As you should be. <laughs> um, Brooklyn, you were off for a whole month, though. How was that? It was great. I want to do oh. it more. <laughs> you yeah, actually you feel refreshed because all these people who are like, I took 48 hours off work and I feel so refreshed. And I'm like, you know you're lying. Like, it's you know called you're lying. the weekend. <laughs> like, fuck, like, it's been two weeks and I don't feel refreshed. Yeah, the two week. I mean, it, I think the month was crucial. I don't think we'll normally t- do a full month back, not back to back, but like at one time. But after the last three, four years, it was we needed it because we had not, we hadn't even taken like normal vacations really. So right, we we're like we need a reset. Let's take a full month. Holidays are a good time. I missed out on like nothing. nothing. I'm like looking through emails. I'm like, there's I'm literally like, nothing. It's fine. Everything's fine. I've taken 30 minutes to go through emails. I'll spend a day yeah. catching up and then it will be back at it. Right. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's great. I definitely am no. one of those people that like with the unlimited vacation, it makes it a lot easier because I do like to take a whole week, at least a whole week off at a time. Like I don't like to just do like a random yeah. two days. Like I'm like, no, I need a whole week to actually like not give a fuck, you know? Yeah. Brooklyn, thanks so much for joining us. Happy new year. Tell us about your 2021. You had like a, you had a bit of a life shift happen last year. Yeah. Like a re a reshift, I guess. So I've been freelancing for a long time for like eight years, I guess almost nine. Uh, and I was freelancing full time for the first five or six. <clears throat> so only the last couple of years I jumped into a full-time role in house. Um, oh, I didn't know that. 
didn't yeah. know that either. So this was more just going back to basics for me um, after a couple of years of trying startup life and realizing that it's, I don't want to say it's not for me because I can't imagine going back in the future, but I guess it's not for me right now. That's a good way. <laughs> so to we, it. sorry, back up. The context is I, I was working for Outreach and my last day was October 1st, so a few months ago, and jumped back into building our freelance business full-time with my wife, Becca. Oh, um, yeah. So that's the life shift Sarah's talking about. <laughs> so what made you go in-house after being freelance for so long? Like what, what prompted that? Just curiosity, like, hey, I've never had a real full-time big boy job, let alone at a startup. And I've like written about startups. I've read all about startups. I was uh, listened to the startup podcast for like four, however long, four or five years, but I never actually worked in one. Um, and one of my clients at the time offered me, a, a, it was like the second marketing hire for their is tiny little company sales startup. So I was like, what the heck? Why don't we just try it, give it a, a year and, and see how it goes. And then just under a year into that, <clears throat> that's when I started interviewing with Outreach and jumped over to Outreach for a year and kind of treated it the same way. Like, I have a lot to learn. I know writing content somewhat. <laughs> Uh, but I don't know, I didn't know like in, uh, I didn't know like what in how internal marketing was. I didn't know how to like put together sure. a deck for internal purposes. I didn't know like cross-functional, all this stuff. So I had a lot to learn. Um, so it's kind of out of curiosity and a way to learn things that I couldn't by being on the outside, by being a freelancer and focusing on very specific deliverables. Right. Sure. Um, do you feel like that, obviously, I mean, that that experience helps you be better for your freelance clients now because you understand their like other needs outside of, yeah. I think, because I worked at an agency and it wasn't necessarily the same as freelance of like deliverables, but it was always like, well, what else are you doing? Like, I don't understand why you can't get back to me right now about this yeah. thing that I have a question. Like, I'm doing all the work. Like, why? What is your job? Like, I don't understand, yeah. but I, there is so much in between yeah. that like you don't really see on the day-to-day -day when you're kind of outside of the organization yeah yeah it was weird i did do i mean especially at outreach i did very little writing except for internal comms right it was mostly outsourced we had a, a good great team of contractors we had a small internal team and i was just like putting briefs together editing communicating and did very little writing so i had that shift like you're talking about like oh there's a frick ton that goes into all this that's why people are outsourcing. So now I feel like I have a much better understanding of what needs are as a, what client needs are as a freelancer because of that. Yeah. I feel like what also, when you were like startup life isn't for me right now, what about being in house was just like, not it for you specifically startups. Cause that's what Bridget and I know too, but just, is there also just something about being in house where you're like, mm -mm, nope. <laughs> Yeah, yes and no. I mean, the real reason I would have I would have stayed, but the real reason was it it basically came down to a choice. Like my wife and I had been working on our freelance business for a couple of years while I was in house. It was like 60, 70 hour weeks, which worked oh. during the pandemic. I mean, it was we we're like, well, we can't really do much of anything else. So let's work on this. But then as things I mean, I guess things aren't back to normal, but 
things are opening up more, right? And yeah, there's other things to do besides work. You mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. After the two years, we're like, okay, we need to make a choice. Either I go all in on this marketing career path in house, or I pull out of that and focus on our business full time. And like, honestly, it, it was a money decision because it made a lot more sense to focus on our business than it did to chase a you know 10, 20% increase in salary by jumping around. So yeah, that, that was the real reason. The other things, I mean, I, I could, they weren't deal breakers, but like, you know, internal things can get tiring. Like not yeah. so much politics because both companies were fantastic, but more just like all the time you spend on the planning, the documenting, the reporting versus the work and the, yeah. the, the fun stuff that you like, right? Um, that that balance just the scaling stuff is never fun like the i have to document everything what do you mean like i'm i don't love this i'd rather actually like continue to move forward but also i'm sure it's very hard to go from being your own boss working with your partner and like having that and then going into having to work with a and you're like why why (laughs) just why yeah yeah and I, I mean, I appreciate it. I learned a, a ton, but like sure. you're, you're a director, you're a director now, Bridget, like looking at what Anne was working on and Colin, like I learned a ton from them too, specifically and my, my boss. And that was what was going to be next over a couple of years for me. And it just, I don't know. I like the writing part and the creative part. <clears throat> um, yeah, but that's a good thing. Seem- like I, it's also like, why go up a career ladder when you could just be a CEO? <laughs> sure, yeah. But don't get me started on that because it's a big pet peeve of mine when somebody like is okay, sure, startup life it's different, but like if you're listing yourself as like CEO and you're you have a three person That's for yourself. Agency, like that's, <laughs> yeah. that's you, that's an ego boost. Like I'm not gonna go calling myself a CEO. I do not have the skills. No, you you're very specific about just being like I freelance. Like I'm a freelancer. You speak to freelancers all kind of on the same level, whether they yeah. work for another freelancer or whatever. I feel like the because all the onus gets put on you to do the actual work and to deliver the work, the pain points are the same whether, like I said, like you own the business or you work for somebody that owns a business, it's still a lot of it more so is on you than than anything else, if that makes any mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. One thing that I, I literally have an email scheduled to go out today to my last freelance client to be like, I literally can't do this anymore. Can't do it. It's sucking the mm. life out of me. It's, and it like, I'm very candid in it where I'm like, honestly, like this work is not something I'm passionate about anymore. And I'm obviously like, I'm very clearly and obviously not bringing the passion to the work anymore. I can't do this. But how did you kind of make that shift of like executionary bordering on menial tasks to like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to help you structure and create a content strategy. These are the services that I now offer. Uh, And like having that confidence to be like, I don't do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we're still in the middle of that shift. It wasn't, it's been a, kind of a year, year and a half in the making. It'll probably be another year, um, but we see progress in it. So like now, for instance, we do still do some SEO content, but very little. And that four years ago, that's pretty much all I did mm-hmm. um, yeah. until I was like, got tired of SEO content. And I'll, I'll come it. in and help like the SEO strategy and, and the right keywords and connecting it all. But 
less on the actual execution, right? And now we're trying to figure out what that balance is because we are still pretty execution focused. And then about 30, 40% of our clients are more of that big picture strategy helping. Sometimes it's more like advising. Sometimes it's a you know three month project to get them set up. So long story short, to answer your question, it's we're still in the middle of it and it's hard to like make that shift, right? Yeah. I can start yeah. started pointing clients that direction and focusing in on the right conversations, but it takes a while. Right. Well, yeah. and that's the nature of the business. Like you were saying, like the first thing that you said about freelance is the word deliverable. Like it is, it is execution work. And the yeah. internal people do the strategy part. And then the things that they can't do the work for, they outsource and they hope to find partners that know what the fuck they're doing. So yeah. that's, I think, a, a huge part to your freelance business is be having such like a stakehold in the SaaS community. Like for us to have you on this podcast and not know that you were freelancing before you even got into tech like a couple years ago, like I think that says a lot about leveraging your network and like being part oh, of a yeah. conversation. Um, I think that's says great. A lot about I, imposter syndrome too. Well, yeah, we can talk about that all day long. <laughs> <laughs> and you have, I think. Yes. Yeah. I, I think that that's the running joke of this podcast is just every episode is about some form of imposter syndrome. And that's what it comes <laughs> down to, right? But yeah, we're saying Bridget, that's totally right. And uh, it's just... It's like leveraging your network and then focusing on the right conversation. So I've like said no to a lot more conversations this year than I have in the past because I want to try to focus on the right type of company, the right direct manager, whoever my contact is at the client um, right. and the right type of project. Right. Right. So like now we're kind of falling into this, not quite niche, but um, working with quite a few companies where, like you said, we're coming in before they have a full-time content hire. And the mm -hmm. idea is it's almost by design a temporary gig. We're saying, okay, over the next three, six, nine months, depending on what your needs are, we'll get you set up with basically the foundation of what you need so that when you do make that full-time hire, they have something to run with and even help you try to make that hire too in some cases, which is a fun spot to be in because then you get to focus on pretty impactful stuff for a smaller company and then see the fruit of that down the line. Well, right. I think... I think that by you being choosy with who you work with, uh, that it makes you do better work. It makes it more of a like two-way relationship instead of, I think traditionally the freelancer relationship and any outsource work has been very much like, here's what I need, get it back to me in two weeks, whatever. It's not a conversation. And it's rarely impactful. It's kind of always been that quantity play. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, well, we need a lot. Let's just hire freelancers. Like if the work doesn't really matter, but I think we're seeing this shift now across tech for sure of just like using freelancers more strategically and using them in a way that makes sense for them too. Like you, mm -hmm. you have to like the work that you're doing as well. Right. To, to, and we, Sarah and I talk about this a lot. It's like, you can tell when people like what they're doing and you can tell when people don't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think eventually I'd like to go, back to doing some kind of freelance but i i think my strength is more on the strategy side now than because i don't like to write like i'll be the person to say like director of content and brand and i don't like to write um <laughs> but i i like the 
campaign ideation and I like the strategy side and I like managing people. So mm-hmm. put it and I think that right now lends me more toward an internal role than a freelancing mm-hmm. role. But I'd love to like eventually yeah. work for myself, have an agency. I don't know, like be a consultant of some kind. Like I hear they're yeah. making a lot of money. So <laughs> that sounds great. like more of an advisor versus a freelancer. Right. Like yeah. a company. Right. How do you see those two things as being like either the same or different? Different. Because I see yeah. people be putting on their LinkedIn profile advisor at blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, do you talk to them? Or like, no, are they you at the don't. board meetings? The answer like, is no. Yeah. <laughs> like, what yeah, do you yeah. do as an advisor? Yeah, it's very loosey-goosey with advisor these days. But I think there's a difference. There's advisor, consultant, and freelancer. And I, I've dipped, I've been a freelancer for a long time, only started consulting the last two or three years and then advising like this year, the last six months. And even the advising piece, I'm like, you guys know I'm not, I mean, I can help give feedback on your story and your messaging, but like, you know, I'm not super experienced. Right. And it's like, yeah, that's fine. But like, there's a difference like freelancing, I think largely focused on deliverables. We need Mm -hmm. this white paper. Here's a very specific brief. Mm -hmm. Um, Consulting more of, what we were talking about before where you come in and say, okay, here's everything you have, cut all of this, add this, here's what the ad cow should look like. Here's your content strategy or whatever the channel is. Like you can do that for email marketing. We had a consultant for, for our newsletter at, at sales hacker. Right. And then advisor is much more hands off. It's like two hours a month where you're on a call for an hour and like making connections or intro emails another hour. Right. Depending on the level of advising you have. Right. Uh, so there's a difference. And I think, I guess you asked this earlier, I think, Sarah, um, like thinking through the differences or balancing it. I think it's almost like hedging your bets where you don't have to go all in on strategy work and call yourself a consultant, but you don't have to stay. I don't want to say stuck because some people really excel at it and love the work of, of staying on deliverables. But you can, for me, it's worked really well to mix and match the three because it keeps it interesting. It kind of helps with stability and predictability for the business and the, those last two typically pay better than the yeah. <laughs> execution. <laughs> if someone were starting freelance for the first time, maybe they're right out of school or they're like, they've been in their job for, I don't know, like a bit, but don't really have a, a huge network built up. How would you in 2022 start putting yourself out there as a freelancer, whether they want to do it full time or whether they just want it to be like uh, on the side, additional income. Yeah, I think I'll I'll go against the grain of typical advice of personal brand building, right? Of what we see all over LinkedIn. Put yourself out there and make the (laughs) post. Yes, you can do that. But if you're starting, if you're literally starting from square one of like 501 connections on LinkedIn, like that's not going to have the writing every day on LinkedIn is not going to have the same impact as right. writing cold emails to people you admire, reaching out, honestly, just cold email, cold email, potential clients, dream clients that you want to work with, cold email, people you really admire and would love to talk to. Just don't use pick your brain, right? <laughs> and reach out to people one-on-one. Like if you're on LinkedIn, send a lot more messages. If you're on Twitter, get in the DMs, make it a lot more about the one-on-one connection instead of trying to blast yourself all over, right? Yeah. yeah. I think that's going to be a lot more impactful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even, but if you have a blank Twitter profile, like you make a Twitter profile and then you start DMing people, like that's not, um, 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good caveat. That's, a good point. <laughs> that's, no, that's but true. I think you have to. You have to get to where you want to be. You have to leverage what you have. So if you if you want to be messaging people on Twitter, then you have to have a Twitter presence. You have yeah. to give people context for who you are, especially with the one on one. Like if I get a cold DM from somebody, the first thing I and I read their message. The first thing I do is go look at what else they've posted or like right. who else they know mm-hmm. or who they're talking to to like get a better sense of how I should respond to them or what they're even like looking for. Um, like but I guess just retweeting people. Yeah. Like yeah. putting and something like, on your profile. Yeah. yeah. Um, and responding, I think, replying to tweets. Yeah. 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 Just be Sorry. wanting to genuinely be part of the conversation I think is important. Mm-hmm. If, yeah. if you're looking for me to be a client of yours or whatever, or just an, like a mentor or something, like I need to know that you're like bought in because I'm not going to buy into you if you're not like actively trying, you know what I yeah. mean? Mm-hmm. And not just on social. I think what made a big difference for me and I got lucky in this is one of my early clients was Trust Radius. And they gave mm-hmm. me a lot, most of my work was just guest posts for other sites, right? Mm-hmm. And I was lucky in that they gave me the byline on those. And yeah, some right. of them were like very, very low tier blogs, right? But some were a little more legit and I was doing it as client work, but I got the byline. And then all of a sudden after a year, like my name was yep. all over the place on these blogs. So like, this is specifically for freelance writers or content marketers, but there's tons and tons of sites who accept guest posts, right? Like take the time to start pitching those and you, it, it'll help your network. You'll get in with editors uh, it'll help your writing because you're, you'll be writing for yourself. You'll probably care more about it. And it'll get your name out there more than just blasting yourself on LinkedIn and Twitter, right? There's this culture, in, especially like the freelance work for yourself kind of world of like, you've got to hustle. Like you just got to like put your all into it and work 23 hours of the day and like never stop. Uh, mm-hmm. And in the beginning of this conversation, we literally just talked about how you took the entire month of December off and you <laughs> set those boundaries so well. Like we reached out to you to be on this podcast and you were like, yeah, I'm taking all of December off. Like how about the new year? And we were like, TBH, mad respect. Love yeah. that for you. <laughs> Absolutely. Like here's our Calendly link find the time. How did you set those boundaries with clients, with inbound conversations? Yeah, for taking this month off. I mean, for clients, I started telling existing clients uh, in August. <laughs> and then, right. <laughs> uh, actually similar for prospective clients like that. We any, Anybody that was starting in September, October, November, I was like, just so you know, we're hitting pause for December. I know that could be kind of a bummer if it's like month two of our contract, but this is what I've got going. And yeah, I didn't have a single person like back out because of that. I mean, it, it got a little complicated with how invoicing worked and all that, but nobody was like, oh, never mind. We can't, we'll, we'll work with somebody else, right? For new clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then existing clients were totally supportive. I mean, like one went like bent over backwards almost, my longest standing client, like bent over backwards to make sure that we could work on the stuff we needed to for November so that they could get stuff out on time in December. So it was just like communicating very clearly, but early. So it wasn't like November and I'm like, by the way, next month I'm taking off. Right. Uh, And then, yeah, boundaries for myself. I mean, I just deleted the LinkedIn app. I kept Twitter just because I like some more personal stuff on Twitter. Um, Yeah. Signed out of LinkedIn, uh, set my away messages on LinkedIn and email. I didn't take 
so I, I did triage on my email like twice over December, just so that I wasn't coming back to a ton of junk. So like sure. I took, I think 30, 20, 30 minutes twice in the month to make sure just delete stuff that I didn't have to pay attention to when I got back. So now I'm coming back to like, let's see, 49 emails instead of like, yeah, that's not terrible. 250. Right. But didn't respond to anybody. Yeah. I think that though, that though, those are lessons that we can use internally too. Like if I'm taking a week off, it's my responsibility to make sure that everybody has what they need before I leave. Right. So like, how do I work ahead so that when I do take off, I can actually take off and like everybody's going to be fine. Um, mm-hmm. I think we hear a lot, you know, nobody misses you or nobody's working. But if you don't prepare people, they're going to need you. So how yeah. do you make sure that that doesn't happen? That's the part that's on you. Brooklyn, can you tell <laughs> us about the cheese in your fridge? Oh, gosh. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, we no. have not as much cheese as normal in our fridge right now. We have, a big old, we have a big old block of mozzarella Hell yeah. for everything, Always. just all purpose. Yep. And then very similarly, unfortunately, I had, a, I had a block of Parmesan, but then we used it for lasagna for Christmas. Yeah, uh, yeah. Similar to mozzarella, we also have pita cheese, which is like really similar to Oaxaca, like the really okay. stringy, melty, yeah. it comes in a ball just like Oaxaca. It's basically Guatemalan Oaxaca cheese, but it's delicious for quesadillas. So oh melty, God, not... Is salty like Oaxaca is really salty, isn't it? Like in a good way. Um, like it's less creamy. Is it? I think it's more salty. I could be totally uh, wrong. I think that'd be cotija, but maybe maybe it's Oaxaca. That's the difference. It is very creamy. It's not super salty. Mm. It's like a meltier uh, mozzarella. It's delicious. Cheese. That's too sweet. Brooklyn. This has been lovely. Where can people find you to get your tips? Where can people find you if they need content needs with the proper budget? <laughs> right. <laughs> the uh, yeah, let's talk. Um, LinkedIn or Twitter, like we were talking about. <laughs> Either Brooklyn or. Brooklyn Nash. Brooklyn Nash or Real Brooke Nash. A um, solid Twitter. name. Such a good name. Good. Appreciate name. it. <laughs> Word. Thanks for coming for chatting for starting off your 2022 with us um now we can all quit our jobs and be freelancers sounds great but do it yeah a new director (laughs) (laughs) while i put in my while i have my scheduled email to stop freelancing (laughs) going out today but it's it's congrats congrats we're good yeah different ends of the spectrum but that's why we're friends Yep. And it's your decision. Sweet. Love it. Um, Kay, love you. Bye. Kay, love you. Bye.